listeners, and welcome to the 56th episode of the Always Drive podcast, your uh, once and future home of weekly automotive news. Um, this week, again, I have a bit of a special show for you, because uh, although uh, our weekly saying is that we don't take uh, ourselves too seriously, uh, we've had to take several things seriously in the past month or so, which has uh, led this podcast to drop off the radar a little bit. But rest assured, um, it, that we do take it very seriously, and by we, I mean myself. And I'll be picking it back up uh, with the regular programming style uh, next week. But this week, we have sort of a rental review roundup. Uh, the past couple months, I've had a couple rental cars, the V8 Camaro that I had as a uh, insurance rental after my Mazda was totaled before I got the GTI, and uh, just this week, a U-Haul cargo van. Uh, very, very exciting rental reviews. So, um, enjoy these rental reviews, and uh, we'll look forward to resuming your regular programming again next week. Welcome to the first ever Ride Along Review. I'm here with uh, Mike Labazetta, frequent contributor, occasional co-host. Occasionally. Occasionally. Uh, attorney, so uh, we will be obeying the speed limits during our Ride Along today. At all times. Uh, at all times. Um, we are sitting in the cabin of a 2017 Chevrolet Camaro SS, and this is the V8 with a 6.2 liter um, it has about 455 horsepower, um, which I want to get to in a minute, <laughs> but just starting out with the cabin straight away, I mean, it's, it's a pretty nice place to be. It is nice. Yeah. It's I mean, nice. I think muscle cars have come a long way recently in terms of the livability of the interior. Cause for a long time it was just acres of plastic that weren't really nice to look at or touch. And now we have clever little touches like these uh, uh, turbine-looking uh, air handling units that you can twist the ring around, and that actually changes the oh, temperature of the fan. That's cool. Sounds like a neat little touch. Um, it doesn't have dual-zone climate control, but, uh, I mean, it's so small in here, you kind of don't need it. Yeah, I don't know what good it would do. <laughs> yeah. Um, the infotainment system's all right. It's a touchscreen. Um I mean, you haven't gotten to really explore it a whole lot, but it does have the new Marketplace from GM. Oh, nice. So the car has its own, uh, like, 4G hotspot. Yeah. So it'll connect to a lot of different things, and you can do things like order your own Starbucks <laughs> <laughs> before you get there. Interesting. So, um, I mean, it, it goes through a lot of setup that options. That is a little bit of a setup. Yeah. But that was only two or three screens. Yeah. Oh. oh, featured brands. We could go to Red Lobster. Red We get a free tasting plate. I don't... Well, anyway. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> that so, is cool. And the, the touchscreen seems pretty responsive. There's, it there's is. not it's a whole lot of lag. It's pretty snappy. Um, I've been in cars with, uh, especially as I've been test driving this week to replace my own car, uh, where the touchscreens are, are, are pretty substandard. I mean, you've got news sources, too, which is kind of neat. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty solid. 
the Good radio. Job, yeah, the the radio. It does HD radio and it does Bluetooth. And I, I the between this and my Mazda, the Bluetooth in here is a lot faster. Yeah. Um, like there's always a delay with the Mazda between when I press something on the stereo to pause the music or switch a track and when it actually did it. And with this, it's pretty instantaneous. Nice. So I'm not sure if it's just a newer Bluetooth system or what. Yeah, um, probably. I mean, your Mazda was what What year? 13. So, so in four years, I would hope they would have made yeah. some strides. <laughs> um, has HD radio. It has uh, navigation, uh, but not installed. So we have to, like, I guess, call OnStar to yeah. set a route. Weird. Which seems not great. And they have, a, like, a dedicated uh, window for your messages, which is kind of neat. Oh. Um, I chose to not let this car have access to my contacts and messages because <laughs> it's a rental and Good idea. probably a bad idea. Good idea. Um, but I think it's neat that it displays my phone's battery level, too. Yeah, so. and your bars. Yeah, how many bars of Gs I got. Bars of Gs. Bars of Gs. Gs or LTEs at this point? Ooh, I don't know. Mm, anyway. Gs of LTEs? Probably. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's pretty nice. Um, we've got paddle shifters. Uh, this is an automatic transmission. I'm not sure if you can rent a manual transmission. Uh, it has various modes that I can switch into. I'm in tour mode now because it is snowing outside. Um, it has sport, track, and, oh, and snow ice. So maybe I should be in snow ice. We should ice. do that one. That's probably going to like totally hamstring yeah. the 450 horsepower. Well. But that's probably a good thing. Yeah. Um, auto lights. Um, I don't know. I don't know if this is American thing, but on all cars I've ever had, you have to switch the uh, the windshield wiper stock down to turn it on, and in this one you have to turn it up. Oh, weird. I guess I've, my, I've been in ones that are up, but I don't know what the difference well, is. Well, my wife's Fusion, which is a Ford, uh, hers goes up too. Weird. So I'm not sure if it's like an American versus a Japanese thing or yeah. or, or what that is. Yeah, my, um, my Lexus, it's definitely down, so maybe it is American versus Japanese. Then your wife's Mazda would be down, too, because it would yeah. be the same system as mine. Yeah. Um, but it has, like, a display uh, in the middle of the, the tack and speedometer here that will display a bunch of different information. Um, your <laughs> when you ever, Whenever you look at the fuel economy, the instantaneous yeah. fuel economy, it's almost invariably depressing. Yeah. Um, but Zero. this model does have cylinder deactivation, so driving along, oh, you'll nice. notice that we'll switch from V8 to read V4 whenever you're going on four cylinder. Wow. So for highway cruising, it'll get better gas mileage. Does it do anything in between? Does it do like six as well? No, it, it just, just does or eight. eight or four, and I'm sure that's some sort of balance issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I doubt it's the same four cylinders the entire time because you have like uneven wear yeah. on the pistons. Yeah. Um, it'll display your actual tire pressure and not just tire pressure low That's like nice. my Mazda did every day of the winter. <laughs> um, and it's got a timer. So, of course, if you're doing oh, laps, you've got a timer. But, I mean, there, there are different categories. It'll do a performance thing. You can uh, measure your lateral or forward and backward wow. Gs. But in this one, I, I dislike the way this works because when you're driving, it will uh, show you the Gs that you're pulling but it won't have a record of them after you've resumed oh. going straight. And the last thing I want to be doing as I'm trying to round a corner is look to see how many Gs I'm pulling. Yeah. I want that to be available once I can take my eyes off the road. Yeah, that does seem like a, an oversight. Yeah, various temperatures and pressures. Uh, it says it's cold. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, it gives you the tire temp, and uh, I've yet to see it not cold. Well. Just uh, by nature of... Uh, 
us driving in the winter, I think yeah. it's always going to be that way. 27 outside, and that's the warmest it's been in probably 36 hours, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but, it, I mean, in terms of tech, this is pretty, pretty loaded. Um, yeah. I mean, you mentioned the plastic. There is certainly plastic, but there's leather at sort of bonded leather here on the dash. and yeah, the, it feels nice. The seats are cloth, but they're nicely gusseted and... You feel no stable. Heated, no heated seats. No heated which seats. Isn't a deal breaker for me. Um, Kira always likes really warmly heated seats. Yeah. Um, so that's sort of a requirement for the next car because the Mazda didn't have it. Yeah. Um, these visors—they are about like what four inches long. Yeah. But the thing is, the, the oh yeah the window is so narrow. Yeah. That when you have the visor down completely, it gives you maybe two inches between that and the wheel to actually see where you're going. Yeah, I mean, even on the passenger side, I've only got a little bit of clearance here to see out. But that brings us to a major flaw with this car, which is visibility. Yeah, it's (laughs) not great. I mean, this is, I think, one of the prettiest looking uh, Camaros that's ever been made. But to get that aesthetic... To get that like really rakish rear end where the the rear has like the haunches over the rear wheels on yeah. it looks great, but you have C pillars that are probably twenty to twenty four inches across. Yeah, they're not really pillars so much as a, a whole nother quarter panel. Yeah, and I I noticed immediately as I was driving the car that this doesn't have the blind spot monitoring system installed. Oh. So what I've had to do with the mirrors instead of looking at the lanes to either side, they basically just look. Out, out yeah, to you, the side of the car. You've got them cocked out as far I've, as they can go. I needed that to be able to see if I can change lanes. And yeah. It's, uh, I mean, I guess the mirror functions pretty well, the rear view mirror for, for that, uh, but it uh, it could certainly be better. Yeah. Um, well, I don't know if they can see it on camera, but the <laughs> you mentioned the C-pillar, but the B-pillars are right behind the headrest here, and yeah. there's not a the window between the B and the C is only about that big. Yeah, so. they have a window there, I think, just to say that there's a window yeah. because there's not really much function to it. Because I mean, yeah. even if I tried to look out yours, the headrest is in the way. Yeah. If I try to look out mine, yeah, there's no there there's, there's you no know way. maybe a, a an inch worth of daylight coming through. There. Yeah. Uh, so it is a hard car to see out of, um, but it it. I think has this overall sort of cockpit feel that like you feel like you're really down inside the car and all the controls are within easy reach. I mean, ergonomically, I think it's a really nicely laid out car. It's definitely a driver's car. I mean, even the center console here is kind of angled towards you. Like I have to kind of reach across to get to the, the, the touch screen. So yeah, it's definitely set to, I get, I get access to my vent. That's yes. about it. You can control the fans. <laughs> Whoa, shit. There goes our light. Lighting. Yeah. This is the problem with filming things in winter because the uh, window gets so cold that the suction fails to hold on it. Yep. All right. We're going to try this again. Yeah. Vamp. Vamp. <laughs> I'm not good at the whole vamp thing. I'm barely, barely good at the whole talk thing. <laughs> All right. Hopefully that'll stay up a little bit better. Yeah. Um. Well, let's go for a little drive. Sounds and, good. Uh, let's do it. Let's see what we can do in, in snow slash ice mode. And it is snowing. I mean, it, I don't, it yeah, probably no, won't show up on can, camera. It's legitimately coming down. It is um, snowing. It'll be slick, so. Yeah. We're not going to be doing anything too crazy. And honestly, that um, that's kind of one of my gripes about this car, that it, it your 
not able to my camera just like died. Oh well. Camera died, folks. Yeah. Well, we'll continue with the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> sounds good. Um, you can probably turn the light off then. <laughs> That's true. Oh, and the radio kicked off. Oh, yeah, nice. <laughs> Just all sorts of uh, hiccups that we I'm going to have to edit out. <clears throat> now it's really stuck. <laughs> there we, we go. did it too well. Uh, off. Okay. All right. Listeners at home, we are now in the dark. Yes. No lights shining in my face, which is probably safer for driving yeah. in the snow. Oh, but now that the lights are off, I can see that around the uh, the touchscreen, the center console, there's actually this tiny little ribbon of light. It's not very bright, but it's just enough to set it off, and there's a little bit of backlighting to set it off from the, the center console dash section. There are little touches like that that really look like they they put some sincere effort into yeah. designing the interior of this car to be sort of a nice you know, uh, not relaxing, but at least looking place to be, even in the dark. And yeah. They've got this little light here. The little map light in the middle. I guess it's probably supposed to be so you can see the shifter to yeah. actually shift when it's dark. And the automatic, it doesn't really matter that much. <laughs> um, but driving, do you see anything with the rear view mirror that might be a little distracting if you were a driver? <laughs> I was going to say, uh, there are lights on the bottom there. Yes. That illuminate the OnStar logo and an SOS logo. And those lights color? <laughs> White, blue, and red. Yes. So you're driving along, and the entire time you're driving, <laughs> there are literally blue and red lights, cherries and berries, in your mirror. <laughs> Which I guess, um, if Keep, you... It keeps you honest? Yeah, it keeps you uh, paranoid, if nothing else. But I think maybe you'd get used to it after a while, and uh, I mean, you probably wouldn't not notice a cop behind you, but uh, it certainly conditions you to think that something is there. <laughs> something you don't want to be there. I wonder if that'd be a valid excuse for the... Uh, honestly, officer, I didn't know it was you. I thought you were just the lights on my rearview mirror. Yeah, I thought you were an SOS or an OnStar <laughs> call waiting to happen. Man. Yeah. Really strange. But the... When driving, I mean, the road noise isn't too bad in here. You get a lot of tire noise, but they're big wheels and, and very sticky, wide tires. So I think that's always going to happen. And it is big and blocky. It's it's probably not the most aerodynamic shape. No, definitely not. It relies on the V8 to, to pull it through. But yeah. it is wider than I thought it would be uh, and smoother than I thought it would be. Yeah, and I've noticed that... Um, driving this I've gotten used to the pedal a lot because uh, there is kind of a tip in where it, it can get a little hairy if you're if you're just driving it for the first time but after a while you start to get used to where the throttle really starts to, to stick it to the engine yeah so you can accelerate smoothly and, and that's nice for having such a powerful car but if you have to like accelerate uh, into a, cur a turn, like you're turning onto a road and need to get out in front of traffic. The line between smooth, gradual acceleration and holy shit, there go the rear <laughs> wheels is a very thin line. Yeah. Now, how's the visibility out the front for you? Because for me, 
I really can't see the front of the vehicle. No, neither can I. And I mean, I guess I could sit higher, but at the same time, if I sat higher, then I'd have less windshield to look through. Yeah. So I just have to kind of guess where the front of the car is, which uh, for parking is pretty tough. But for driving, I haven't noticed it to be a real challenge yet. Okay. Um, now we're getting on to, we're merging onto a highway right now, and this is where I think the um, the Camaro is in its best um, form because it is really smooth on the highway. Uh, I mean, you, it's a great highway cruiser. It feels really stable once you get it up to speed. And uh, the passing power is just tremendous. Yeah, that was nice. That was smooth. Passed a couple of guys. It makes a, makes a good noise, too. Um, this seems like a wide car. I it, mean, we're almost on the line over here. Yeah, it definitely feels wide. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I've had it for a week and a half now, and I'm still getting used to, like, where the middle of the car is versus the middle of the road because yeah. the Mazda is probably 5 to 10 inches narrower than this is. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, which helps handling. But I haven't really gotten to experience how well this car handles because it's been either rainy, snowy, or <laughs> salty on the road. Yeah, you've so, had a, a pretty brutal time to test a car. Yeah, it's kind of the worst time of year to be able to test drive uh, such a powerful car. And I, I think, and I mentioned that this has 450 horsepower, I think 455, but the one of my main gripes with this car is that that power isn't all usable power. Like, you can't, especially in these conditions, but I think just generally, you can't ever realize the full potential of 455 horsepower. Yeah, certainly not where, well, where we're driving now is what they call a highway, but there's stoplights and we'd stop and go and yeah, you really can't get too far before you have to slow down again, so. But this car is rated to do zero to 60 in 3.9 seconds, which is an incredible number. But I, I just can't believe it would ever do that except on a hot day with drag radials because any sort of decent input to the throttle and you're spinning the rear wheels. Yeah. And I think that's just sort of a problem inherent in uh, these muscle cars. And, and really, they've come a long way. The chassis in this is really good, but it is really stiff. I mean, you feel that you're in a sports car when you're riding in this. But with muscle cars, all the weight being in the in the front of the car because of that big V8, big bore engine, you don't really have that much weight hanging out over the back drive wheels. Yeah, I, I mean, I can't really tell where the, but it's it's right over the front axle, right? So there's even some of it in front of the front axle. Yeah, I haven't noticed a whole lot of understeer, um, yeah. but I mean, in this type of car, you cure that really easily with your right yeah. foot. Yeah. But yeah, I, I do enjoy driving this car. And I, for shits and giggles, looked up how much these tend to run for uh, to see if it could be something I could afford as my next car. It's not, spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> but I think you can get them for between about 30 and, and 40 grand, depending on mileage, age, and condition. Which, for this kind of power, is probably a pretty good deal. I mean, yeah. it's, you know, Top Gear and, and now the Grand Tour guys go through this all the time. Like, if if you want cheap power, you get you go American. 
It's true. I mean, the you know the Corvette has long been the uh, the poster child for cheap speed, but I think the the muscle car twins, the well, I say twins. There's really the Challenger, but I think that's kind of the last true muscle car because it has so much power, but so little refinement to the chassis. Yeah. Um, whereas the Mustang and the Camaro, like they not only go well, but they handle well. And I mean, the Mustang I had in. Uh, in Hawaii, took those mountain roads just with a plumb. It was a fantastic car to drive there. Yeah. So you're not just getting muscle cars; you're getting like really good drivers' cars. But I honestly don't think I could live with this every day, even if it was within the price range that I could afford. Yeah, yeah I don't. I mean, you don't. Have, you guys don't have kids, but you certainly couldn't daily this with kids because there's. I mean, there is technically a back seat, but it's almost a two plus two. I mean, there's. There, I'm putting my hand behind my seat right now, and I can How touch. How many fingers the, you got? Yeah, I got like <laughs> How many li- literally got? two fingers. Yeah. So you really well, could. Well, we're not tall guys. I mean, I could probably put the seat back a little bit more, but there's there's really like no space behind me. So yeah. I don't I don't know how you fit anyone else in this. I mean, this is definitely second car territory. Yeah. You know, you've got your first car. That's your family car. That's your hauler. Um, because right on Monday, I'm gonna have to take in my photography gear to work. And <laughs> Good luck. Uh, I'm not sure how I'm going to fit it all in this car because I have a big lighting bag, yeah. and and we can take a look at the trunk when we get out. But it the the entry to the trunk is so narrow because of the styling that they've applied to this car. And oh I mean, yeah, this is a car that you park in your driveway and you look back at when you walk into your house because it is that pretty and it is that fun to drive. But I don't think it's a car you live with problem free. Mics are picking that up. <laughs> Ugh, makes such a good noise. Though. That was pretty zippy, but it, it, even from the passenger seat, it feels heavy. It does. And this is in snow and ice mode, so it still lets That's me do true. that. But I think the traction control is set into kind of overdrive because yeah. any other time I've driven that or I've tried to do that sort of thing in touring mode, it has just cut the rear wheels loose in any gear. Yeah. Well, and I mean that's a lot of fun, but uh, <laughs> fun has its place, and it's not on your commute every day. And certainly not in the snow and ice. Yeah, definitely not. Yeah, I'd, I'd hate to lose the back end in this car in these conditions. Yeah, you'd uh, find yourself wrapped around a pole pretty quickly, <laughs> and I mean with the speed, the rate of speed that this gets up to, uh, you can <laughs> you can really find yourself in some serious trouble. Listeners and welcome to the inside of a cargo van that I am driving to my suburban home uh, to join my wife, who will then take me back to U-Haul to drop this off. I'm uh, driving home from my full-time job's biggest event of the year, and uh, it occurred to me like I haven't had any time to really look at or comment on or think about any automotive news in the past week as uh, one of my colleagues left me um, high and dry a couple weeks before uh, this major event uh, causing me to have to pick up the slack and do the work of two people over the past month or so 
Um, it, it's been a, a crazy few weeks. Um, uh, about three weeks ago, we had to uh, put down a foster dog, uh, which was uh, traumatic and painful and stressful. And uh, I didn't want anything to do with cars at the time because I was just wallowing in self-pity and sadness over our inability to, uh, to save this, uh, this really happy, spunky dog. Um, then after that, the uh, stuff for this event wrapped up or, or ramped up. So I've just been uh, sort of singularly focused on uh, on the work that actually pays the bills, which uh, I know sounds probably pretty strange. Um, <clears throat> I've also learned in the past week that I have torn not only my ACL but my meniscus and caused a bone bruise. So I will be down for surgery on May 9th. Um, uh, during which time I will be doing no work, um, but probably a lot of hallucinating about cars and doing some playing of video games while I'm not able to move very much. Um, I'm going to try to dump some time into the podcast then and uh, catch up, maybe refresh the format of the show a little bit. Uh, but it occurred to me as I was driving home in this thing that... Uh, you know, people review supercars and, and SUVs, but, like, nobody ever reviews um, cargo vans. And I, I suspect, that, you know, if you listen through to the rest of this rental review, you'll see why nobody reviews cargo vans. But um, I, I, I thought it was worth taking a look at because, you know, every once in a while you do have to drive a cargo van. I had to drive a cargo van to deliver 200 uh, goodie bags, coolers filled with uh, canteens and uh, ultrasonic distance measures because that's the exciting type of thing that uh, electrical contractors apparently enjoy. Um, Also flowers and awards and all sorts of other related, event-related stuff. Um, The flowers uh, made the van smell delightful, but it has uh, returned to its uh, previous uh, stale piss uh, sort of smell, uh, which is uh, unpleasant and uh, uh, near constant. Um, And uh, I've closed the windows to reduce any wind noise during this interview, so uh, as a consequence I am suffering from the smell (laughs) inside the cabin. Um, let's see, uh, starting with design, design wise, uh, outside it has U-Haul splashed all over it. It's pretty boring. Um, I'm not sure that there's anything you can really do to make cargo vans interesting looking or like compelling. This is, uh, this specific one is a GMC something or another. I'm actually not sure the, the model name. Um, <clears throat> has a lovely squeak to the brake, which you're probably hearing as I drive through stop-and-go traffic. Um, it has uh, mirrors that uh, don't really work too well. And I, there are two mirrors. One's a standard side-view mirror and one's a blind-spot mirror. It does have a rear-view mirror, but um, it looks back through a sort of uh, cheese grate uh, type of metal panel that's between me and the actual cargo uh, bay of the van. So it feels a bit like driving a prison transport, which uh, uh, I guess is kind of cool, but if this was used as a prison transport, I guess that would explain the smell. Um, 
otherwise uh, on the outside not much to talk about it does have some metal step sides and those are just probably the the thing on this van that make the least sense to me because if you open any of the doors the driver's side the passenger side the passenger side cargo entry or the rear they all have steps inside that uh, help ease access to either the cabin or the cargo area um, <clears throat> adding step sides basically just is is creating uh, some additional metal that makes the thing heavier because they're so shallow and underneath the existing steps inside the thing that you can't really put your foot on it so if you try to put your foot on it you're sort of more likely to twist your ankle and fall out of the damn thing than you are to actually gain better access furthermore in this specific model the passenger side step side appears to have rusted through one of its bolts so if I go over larger bumps at any sort of speed which uh, in this stop and go traffic does not look likely uh, there's a distinct uh, pounding sound like someone is knocking against the metal uh, underneath the car trying to get in which gives it a nice sort of uh, zombie apocalypse feel to uh, driving um, <clears throat> inside uh, design wise uh, gray plastic um, everywhere like you could just bathe yourself in in gray and and fit right into this interior there's huge blank spots on the dashboard where yeah they could have put like a creature comfort or something but it, why not just put a plastic panel there um stereo sucks the hvac sucks because it's like you know filling this huge cavernous area behind me so it was you know freezing this morning and now i'm driving into direct sunlight and it's kind of warm and uh there's just no no good middle ground for you um <clears throat> the controls really suck um i have i always say i'm 70 percent leg i can't push my seat back far enough to be comfortable so i've got like my knees on the steering wheel as i press the pedals um the steering wheel tilts doesn't telescope so my arms are bent awkwardly as i you know sort of lean over this horrible dashboard um the passenger seat it's a good three feet away from me which is kind of nice if you're driving with somebody you don't like um and i do have two backpacks and a tripod in between the two seats so it is kind of a nice you know interior storage area there's a gigantic like trash bin in the middle of the display here it is holding some papers right now but I, I don't really get the point of that there are three cup holders even though there are just two seats so um, I assume uh, one is for your drink one is for your passenger drink and one is for your shared pee cup um, on longer trips because the, the gas tank in this is gigantic I I got it with five-eighths of a tank and I put I filled it up figuring that I would uh, take at least that much but in filling it up I spent more on regular octane gas filling this up than I spend on premium gas filling this up less than half a tank than I spend on premium gas filling up the GTI from empty so it's got a huge tank and I haven't even reached um, one-eighth of a tank used in about a hundred hundred and fifty miles worth of driving in the past two day and a half two days so um 
it's, it's got a gigantic tank, and you could probably drive across several states without stopping, thus the uh, pickup reference. Um, other interior-wise, there uh, there's a uh, delightful little little Sammy Mover image on the dashboard, and, and I'm not sure really what purpose that serves other than to delight children who probably shouldn't be sitting in the front of a U-Haul cargo van anyway. Um, I don't know. There are warning signs everywhere that uh, objects in the mirror are closer than they appear, so that when you're backing up into people who double parked behind you like somebody did to me last night requiring me to ask uh, several strangers to help me back out of a spot in the parking lot behind my building downtown um, that you will hit them before uh, you think you will because of the uh, uh, poor mirrors I'm, I'm not sure why, why why is that the case that they make objects in the mirrors closer than they appear is that so you can actually see them why don't they just make them you know exactly where you think they appear in the image. I, I just I and and rely on people's judgment instead of a, a warning sign that uh, you have artificially augmented the uh, images to suit whatever you think is best I, I don't know it's just dumb um, yeah these brakes are really squeaking now um, there is a, an outlet in the dash, and it's like a, a three-pronged grounded outlet, which is kind of neat. I haven't used it. I don't know. I guess if your passenger's working on a laptop or something while you're driving. Um, the back cargo area, it's uh, spacious. They cleaned out the floor mat for me before uh, I rented it. Uh, so that leads me to believe that the stale piss is under the floor mat which isn't great for u-haul but um, i suspect they probably don't give a shit um, there are wooden rails inside the back of this that um, uh, i guess help you attach things to the wall we had mostly boxes and stuff so i didn't ever use them um, one gripe with the back is that the light that illuminates the uh, rear cargo area it's bright but it hangs down about two and a half inches from the ceiling when it could have been recessed either in one of the um, uh, sort of cross-torsional tension bars that goes across the top of it or next to one of those. Instead, it sits below one of them, um, causing uh, me to uh, hit my head on it twice while either loading or unloading this thing, so um, I have a grudge against it. Um, the loading floorness is also really high, um, and I guess it's that way to give some ground clearance and for the stupid step sides to have some clearance and for the gigantic gas tank that's underneath it. But um, like loading boxes, you got to lift them a good three and a half feet off the ground to, to clear the loading floor in this, which is, is honestly kind of taxing, and you, you might actually be better off buying a box or renting I guess a box truck if you have you know heavy things that you actually want to load in and out um, <clears throat> otherwise the the cargo area is pretty straightforward there are a few tie downs in the floor um, it looks like somebody took this in a parking garage that was too short for it because there are several rusty dents in the, the roof of the thing that lead me to believe that uh, somebody underestimated the height of their vehicle. 
Um, <coughs> otherwise, uh, yeah, it's it's not a good place to be. Um, driving is terrible. I would describe the uh, steering feel as visual in that um, you cannot feel where the car is and you need to see which direction you are going so that you can adjust the wheel. There is a massive, probably 20 to 30 degree dead on center with the steering wheel. So um, in terms of being able to keep a straight line, it's really challenging. Um, the suspension, this, uh, so to give you a sense, this uh, car has done, or van has done 12,204 miles as of exactly now. Um, you would think that the suspension on this car is decades old and uh, just constantly bounces. I, I, I don't know if it has shocks installed. I, if it does, they're like GM's bargain basement shocks and you should never you know, think that you're going to get a fun experience in a cargo van unless you have a bunch of drunk people rolling around the back, which it, it says is expressly forbidden, but you know, they have to catch you. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's all I can say about this cargo van, I guess. Um, if you have to rent one, then uh, you don't really have a choice. Uh, if you want to buy one, uh, you do have a choice, and it's a pad choice to buy one. Um, I'm not sure. I, I've driven a, a Ford Transit, uh, a, a, a people mover, a, a, a van with a bunch of seats in the back, and that one, that was much nicer, but... Uh, it felt more bus-like. The steering wheel was sort of like a longer, flatter thing, and um, it was fairly effort-requiring to drive that thing. And uh, it is with this as well, and maybe that's just a, a trait of U-Haul, or not U-Haul, but uh, of uh, vans in general. So uh, don't buy a van, buy a minivan. Uh, we've covered this several times. Minivans are the best vehicles ever basically. Um, honestly, if I had rented a, uh, like a Chrysler Pacifica or a Toyota Sienna, you know, something where all of the seats fold flat into the floor, I probably would have been able to fit everything I needed in it. Um, we got the cargo van because I thought, um, we would just fill it to the brim and maybe even need, uh, one of our, um, uh, one of my colleagues' cars to transport everything to the venue this morning, but um, every I think when it comes to vans, you will fit more in it than you think you will, and I think that's sort of a universal truth with vans and moving stuff. Like we, you, you tend to rent something larger than you actually need, um, and I think that probably extends to people's buying habits too. I mean. It, you don't need three rows most of the time. Why don't you just rent a three-row SUV if you're going out to the wineries or, you know, picking up your friend's kids for a sleepover in your cabin in the woods or whatever. You know, you don't need a three-row SUV all the time. So people just buy more than they need. And, and I rented more than I needed. And I should have gotten the minivan and I would have been happier and probably would have had um, more nice things to say in a rental review. But maybe not more entertaining um i'll sign off um have a good week um uh, normal content will uh resume next week uh and uh there's a lot to cover so uh prepare your ears for uh 
a longer format episode uh, uh, next Thursday. Have a good week, guys. Thank you.